so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. like to just have firm black and white like do this don't do this but instead I think the way of walking in the Holy Spirit is always somewhere in the middle that is so much harder because he wants us to rely on him daily. Hi I'm Trillian Newbell and I'm excited to announce our series Better Together. The series captures our desire to partner together as men and women in the church and beyond to advance the kingdom with mutual support and care. Better Together will address a wide range of topics from sexual abuse, leadership, women in work, women's ministry, and so much more. Our goal is to inform and equip listeners on matters most important to women in the areas of church, home, and work. Today, I'm excited to have Veronica Greer. She helps lead Bible studies at her local church and cares for her home and her family. What, do you have four children? Is that right? Veronica? That's right. Okay. And so I'm so excited to have her and to have her perspective because we are going to be talking about something I think a lot of people kind of cringe at. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to be thinking I've done it myself. <laughs> yes, yes. We're like, what? So I, and I don't even know if we should call the topic role. I'm not really sure what the topic needs to be called, but we're yeah, going but- to be thinking through men and women and how we can work together and our our differences and how we've messed this up and what we can do to work together better. And so, right. so even to start, when we think about this topic, why is it important to think about, um, some people call it roles, however you would like to describe it? Yeah. Um, I mean, goodness, <laughs> there's an opening question for you, right? I know, um, right? <laughs> as I sort of, you know, referenced, it, it has become, I guess, loaded. Um, that topic has become loaded over my lifetime. And I think that's really, really sad because we know that God created men and women as a beautiful thing to reflect him and um, his character and who he is. And so the fact that it has been twisted along with so many other things, we know um, that is what Satan does. He takes the good gifts that the Father has given us as his children, and then twists them and makes them almost, he somehow manages to weaponize them. Hmm. And so I feel like this is just another area um, among many that he's been able to, yeah, just make um, it, it, you know, it it has been, it has been used for ill sometimes, you know, just we say, you know, roles um, and what men and women have been given and gifted um, as, as his children. And so, I don't, I'm not sure I'm even answering your question at the moment, but it, but it yeah, is well, sad no, that it's become like something that's scary. Yeah, no, I think you did. Um, we've got to remember that 
Satan is the father of lies. And what reminds people that we are his disciples, our love for one another. So for that to be broken, for us, it is important. It's essential that we think through how can we work together to serve and love in alongside each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And and so yeah. yeah, you did answer that question and I think that's helpful. And and I also think we just forget. We forget we have an enemy at play yeah. in in all of these conversations. And and yeah. so I believe that's incredibly helpful. And so yeah. you had said that there are some things that you weren't sure if we you wanted to dive into yet, but go ahead. What is it that you were thinking that are, <laughs> go for it. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, I think that he has twisted, um, you know, gender and how, I mean, so creation, we know in Romans, like it starts out in the first chapters that, that creation speaks and actually even like, just like shouts about who the father is and all the aspects of his character. And that includes the fact that he created men and women, and he didn't just create all men or all women. Like, that is just crucial for us to not forget, and we should honor one another when we recognize that and not ever be, like, be very careful not to dishonor um, what God has called good, which is, right. you know, men and women working together. And that, that I mean, that we are, I mean, this seems, I'm scared to even say it in some, in some audiences, but, you know, that, that we are different. Like I am a woman and, you know, and there are men and we are different. And so that even seems scary to say today sometimes, but that we need to honor that and then work out, flesh out in our, you know, in fear and trembling before the Lord, what that means and what it doesn't mean. I agree. I agree. And I deal with this in the race conversation when we're thinking yeah. about our our differences, though we, we can kind of, we don't want to, we want to pretend like we're all not the same and that's not how God created yeah, that's yeah. Not, and that's sad and it's become loaded like you said that's one of those other areas race has become something that has been twisted by Satan and I think sex has been com- become something that's been twisted by Satan like so many things he's had his way and I want the church to be the place where that's not the case and as we know so often we fail but I think that that doesn't mean you give up and you don't just you know, say, well, what can you do? And, and just, you know, run away from it. Well, what do you think is the maybe one step, one first step to capturing or recapturing this vision of the Genesis 1 creation that uh, God has given us in his word and uh, Genesis 2 as well? Um, and so yeah. so what what do you think we can do? Is it maybe redefining terms? What What do you think? Yeah. Well, so I don't think that when you say redefining terms or, you know, do do we need new terms, new words or something, you know, there's a part of me that's like, uh, yes, let's just leave this behind because this has become like so scary or something. But then I think most of me feels like that if you find a new term or a new word for either complementarianism or for roles, things, those things, and you have the same tone, yeah. <laughs> that you have the same old problem. That's helpful. So, yeah, mm. I don't think we need new terms or new words necessarily. I think we need a new tone That's and a new so way good. of um, using them that is not being used to be disdainful anyway, in any way or condescending or limiting, but is used to search out 
all of the ways within those, you know, parameters that we think the Bible has laid down in complementarianism and within those roles that God has given us in the family and the church, you know, to lift one another up and make sure that um, women as well as men are, you know, being absolutely exhorted to use all of the gifts they are given by God. That is um incredibly helpful. And I want to press into that just a little bit because you are right. We can change, we can change all the words. And yet, um, like the scriptures say, well, we could be like clanging symbols and just making yeah. noise without love. We are just making nothing. noise. We're nothing. We're absolutely nothing. Yeah. So we can do yeah. all this work and still be nothing. And um, yeah. so I want to ask you, pointedly, where have you seen error? And give it, give us maybe a, an example of how we can correct that error. Well, I see error on, on maybe what I would say is on both sides, you know, as, as men are called, called to be leaders in the church and the family, um, and, and women are too, but especially as like the head of the church and the family. I'll start with them. So forgive me since I'm a woman, maybe I should start with the women, but. Oh, no, you're fine. um, (laughs) (laughs) So I would say that quite often, and I don't think as is the case so often, that it's intentional. But I think that in um, some, for a long time, in the cheating of um, men and women and what their roles should be, quote unquote, should be, <laughs> in trying to honor the mothering role, um, which is, I'll, I'll, in a moment, I'll speak to the other side when the pendulum, I think, swung too far to the other side. So just bear with me for a minute here. Okay. But in trying to honor that, which is beautiful and incredible and, and something I appreciate, and trying to honor that, and then in the servant role, they have quite often spoken of it in terms that are, um, you know, as I said, you know, condescending earlier, I said that. Um, or disdainful, and um, as if maybe that's the only avenue that women can actually contribute, and beyond that, there is nothing else. And so I think that is the error. Speaking of that to the exclusion of others, and even speaking of women as, you know, there's the verse about as the weaker vessel, and we could talk about that for a long time, probably. Um, But, you know, almost as like, well, you know, these irrational women, right? Or something Mm. like that, like in those terms, those kinds of ways. When in reality, you should be speaking of the way that women can be. I know know it has worked out in my, in in my marriage, I'm married to J.D. Greer. You know, he is, I I am more sensitive for sure. Now I'm not, I would not say, I would not say I'm, I'm overly sensitive by any stretch of the imagination. If you ask my friends, I'm, I actually am not, but compared to him, I notice things quicker about people's emotional state, right? Mm -hmm. And so he could be condescending about that. He could be disdaining about that. But instead, it needs to be recognized that that is actually a gift and can be twisted, as can every other gift, but that is something to be appreciated and and honored. Absolutely. We've seen people unintentionally or intentionally twist scripture, misuse it, misapply Mm -hmm. it, and elevate certain places women serve and invest, such as motherhood, which is such a wonderful, I'm a mother. I love being a mother. But it can also isolate other women who aren't mothers. Right. And I think that is where the error can come because 
you should never feel if you if you're a woman, I think of one of my mentors at Summit, if you're a woman who is not um, married and has not had children, you should never feel like maybe you missed the calling that God gave um, women in some way, because that's the plan that God has laid out for you. And he has all of these things for you to do, even if you are not a mother, even if you are not married. So you cannot speak as if that is the only thing that is valued. The only and ultimate. And, and so I think you are exactly right. And so what, what are some ways that you've seen this being corrected or that it, it can be? So of course we're focusing on one thing, but I actually think this is great affected the church um, from mm-hmm. from my vantage point this confusion mm-hmm. has caused a lot of pain and and sorrow and yeah you mentioned it briefly it's also called a bit of a pendulum swing people don't yes. want yes and so yes. so we we try to correct something and then we swing all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum. But I believe God has a beautiful picture and a, a better picture. So well, how have you seen this either be corrected or work out effectively yes, in so the I church? So I think in, in an effort to correct what I just spoke about, I see error on the other side as well. And that is um, what I would consider the pendulum having swung from there all the way to the other side, instead of going to the middle where it probably needs to be, which is so hard, right? I mean, we always want whatever position you're trying to take in life. I think we all like to just have firm black and white, like do this, don't do this. And it just relaxes our mind. But instead, I think the way of walking in the Holy Spirit is always somewhere in the middle that is so much harder because he wants us to rely on him daily. And I think we just want it to be like laid out, right? Like do it this way and, and don't do this. And this is how, you know, and, and it's just not, that's just, I don't think that's the way of Jesus Christ. I really don't. But anyway, I agree. so I think the pendulum has swung to the other side where it is disdained to some extent. You know, I just never hear those roles of motherhood and of serving in some of those capacities, like um, in, for example, children's ministry, where it used to be, uh, if we in the olden days, maybe, or something like that was like the only place for women. But now it's like, if that is where you're gifted and called, that's almost looked down on. Mm -hmm. And I want that to be held in a high and holy place because I think that is what the Bible does. I mean, mothering, raising up the next generation to follow Christ. Um, is a is a is an elite calling. It should be spoken of that way. And if you are not a mother, and if you are not um, biological mother, and if you are not married, that does not leave you out. God has many ways for you to work that out. But it shouldn't be looked down on now. If that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. And we just need, don't need to pit women against each yeah. other. Which again, Satan, as we began this conversation, would absolutely love for us to be pitted against one another and for women to feel like they're isolated and not needed yeah. or worthy. And there's so many dangers here. And we want to just be really careful to protect each other and to serve one and another. And celebrate where God has, you know, what the plan that God has laid out for your life as a woman, whatever form that is taking, to have security and support in whatever that is. You know what, what? I mean, it should be able to take many forms within these parameters that are laid out, and you should not feel less than for any of them. Absolutely. Well, this series is better mm-hmm. together. So how 
can men and women encourage and support and partner together in a healthy way in the local church, um, especially when we're thinking about these terms and roles and whatever yeah. we want to call them? <laughs> I think, how can we work better together? <laughs> I I think that one of the ways would be um, for, especially for the men who were, um, who are pastors and leading their churches to make sure that the way they're speaking about women to the other men, well, to the men and women in their congregation, that it is always, and I mean, in every way, whether it's pulpit or otherwise, in an honoring fashion, uh, recognizing that, that the Lord has, um, has fashioned this model of men and women in the kingdom being co-heirs of Christ and just as valuable one as the other. Men are just as valuable as women and women are just as valuable as men to the father. And just make sure that your speech and tone, as we referenced earlier, your speech and tone is, is being careful because in the past, I don't know that that was, is always the case. Right. Um, and so, and by careful, we're not talking about eggshells. We're talking about biblical, thoughtful wisdom, gracious. Yeah. Yes. Gracious. Because I mean, grace is the thing that characterizes his, you know, God's relationship to us, right? Full of grace, grace upon grace is what John says. So yeah, I I don't think eggshells because grace means that if you make a misstep in something you say, there's grace for that. Right. And we as women have to know that, that we, that we give grace the same way we want them to give it. So certainly not eggshells. That, that makes me shudder to think. I know. (laughs) I also think that Looking around you and seeing if um, you, that if you were a woman and gifted the same way that you are, if you're a pastor, so I'm talking, speaking to a pastor in a church, gifted the same way you are, but you were a woman, okay? Think of it in those terms, just to kind of give your mindset a little bit of a good shakeup, because sometimes we need our mindsets, you know, shaken a little bit just to make sure we're secure in the word. Could you flourish in your church if you were a woman? gifted the same way you are, and not able to be a pastor or elder because complementarianism, we think that's what the Bible says, could you flourish regardless? I think that's a good question to really do some, you know, heart searching on. That's good. And that's a question that we all need to be asking ourselves. And then, so you're saying, you're saying the pastor needs to ask this question if he were a woman. Right. And obviously he is called as a pastor. You know, he has been given a calling to that role. And as a woman, that is not what the Lord is going to call you to. Now you're called to lead. I mean, there are so many strong women that I know that are obviously gifted in leadership. And um, we, we want to, we want to look for ways to platform those women, right? So like give them those, those avenues to develop those gifts. Um, but, you know, she, she will not be called to be the pastor of a church. That right. I, don't, I don't believe that is the case. So, you know, that gets a little confusing. But if you were gifted in the ways you're gifted as a leader, because there are women who have leadership gifts, is there a way? You That's need to so start good. thinking. And if not, let's create it, right? Let's create an, a biblical way for you to do that. That is such an excellent way for pastors to just evaluate. It's such a simple question, but will reveal so much. <laughs> and, yeah, and, yeah. and just to add, they might need to bring some women to the table and ask them as well. Yeah. How, yeah how's it know, going? I think, I think my husband at Summit um, definitely looked around several years back and um, thank goodness he had women in his life and things like that and kind of realized, like, I don't know that we are, we are opening enough ways 
for to, for those voices, right? For him to hear those voices. And so we started putting a, a few little changes in place. And, you know, they're not massive. It's literally one way is, you know, he gets um, – uh, my husband has a team that will give him feedback on his rough draft. And so he includes a couple of women on that team. Yeah. You know, so you, just things like that. You know, I'm just encouraged by one line that you said that was probably not even intended to be encouraging. <laughs> you said, <laughs> well, <great. laughs> thank God he has women in his life. And I, I just think um, for the women who are listening, there's so many, oh, there's so many ways that we we could have this conversation. But what an encouragement to hear a a wife of the pastor Mm -hmm. say, thank God he has women in his life to help him think through how to serve the women in his church. And so I just, yeah, I just think that for the women who are listening, you are valuable to your local church and to your pastor. Whether now we all want to pray that they would see that value and that, um, but it's encouraging just to hear that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I I believe you will be able to do effectively is give us gospel hope, because I know that there are going to be people who are listening here who are done. They're done. They're yes. ho- or they're right. they're just frustrated and hopeless. So how can yes. we have hope in this conversation? Well, I think first and foremost, your hope is always make sure it's placed. In, in, in the right place, which is only in Jesus Christ. Um, your hope is only in him. Everyone else is going to let you down at certain places. So if you are feeling so overwhelmed and discouraged today as a woman, I would first say, look for your hope there first. And then from there, I would say, also take encouragement from the fact that I think these conversations are happening in a lot of places and beginning to happen in a lot of places. And there's, you know, lots of fresh air being breathed into this. That is, that is the Lord's plan. And sometimes, um, you know, in first Peter, it says, humble, humble yourself, therefore under God's mighty hand. And then a little bit later it says, so that in due time, he may lift you up. So if you are feeling frustrated or um, just like you said, done, I think recognize that, you see this wind being breathed a little bit as these conversations are being had all over churches, all over. And maybe it hasn't come to yours yet. Maybe, I, I don't know. Um, but I think it is coming. I think so. And, and so um, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And so if your hope is in Christ, you know that He is working for your good right now. You can be so hopeful. You can be so um, encouraged in that. And just continue to be diligent and and recognize that the Lord is, you know, he's on the move. He always is. He always has been. And his timing is perfect. And I only tend to love his timing about mm, a quarter of the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but his timing is perfect even when I don't, when I don't love it. Right. So yes. just trust in the Lord. Um, continue to be diligent and faithful and, and know that your hope is, 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 um, is in the right place if it's in Christ. That's perfect. Hope in Christ. He is our sure foundation so we can trust and rest in Him. Well, Veronica, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. Thank you, Trillia. It was such, it was a joy. Thank you. My joy. You have been listening to the ERLC podcast. I'm Trillia Newbell, and this is a series, Better Together. Hope you join us next time.